Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Freddie Coleman on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80. Anytime a guest stops by to hang out with us, they hear thanks to the Goodyear hotline. And who thought this was a good idea? It's bad enough that's Freddie Fitzsimmons, 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday on ESPN Radio. But now Freddie Fitzsimmons in the morning, somebody's going to lose their job. It's probably going to be Pat Costello, the producer of the show. Let's bring my brother Ian Fitzsimmons as we do a little Freddie and Fitzsimmons in the morning, part of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Number one, how's the cooking going at the Fitzsimmons household? Dude, I started cooking on Tuesday after I got off the air with you on Monday, basically. Oh. So I made the, the, the guts of the turkey hash because I have to yeah. fly out tomorrow for Texas A&M LSU. <laughs> By the, by the way, when you hear in the background, Harry Douglas joined me earlier, and he did like a whole turkey sound effect. Yeah, and Alan, Yates, good. Alan Yates just losing his mind, just playing it every five seconds. I guess. Good, yeah, good to see Laugh Tracks doing well, and you know, and he, he survived the laundry and all that good stuff. But anyway, and the Russians, and the Russians, <laughs> and very inside. I haven't heard, haven't heard from Alan in a while since he was on with us. Uh, he, he's graduated and moved on to bigger and better things. Yes, he has. Yes, but yeah, he has. I, mean, I made the guts for the turkey hash, which if you don't know what turkey hash is, folks, you take your leftover stuffing or dressing. Down south, we call it stuffing. I know you, you sophisticated folk call it dressing. I call it stuffing as well. Uh, uh, yeah, well, you have you have southern ties, you know, yeah, that's family true. in South Kakalaki. Anyway, mm-hmm. and then you take your, some leftover turkey, chop it up, make a boatload of extra gravy throw it all in there mix it up throw it in the oven for about i don't know 30 minutes at 350 and just go and get yourself some crackers or some you know crescent rolls and just get in a three-point stance in front of the television with t- with tv on and football and dominate it's that good so that's how i we eat leftovers but since i'm flying out tomorrow right because i've got texas a&m lsu i had to make the turkey hash guts the, the dressing part of it uh-huh. with the sausage and whatnot all done already then i made the dressing yesterday and now we're now it's it's full boat dude i have to decorate for christmas today uh before the family comes over 16 people freddie coming to my casa what to watch football yes yes and of course it's a late meal because the cowboys play late so everything revolves around my wife's team so There it is. Done well, well, in a well, nutshell. Well, hold on a second. Your team plays in the final game tonight, Bills-Saints. Yeah, and my mom who lives here. But right. you guess what? Guess who the queen of this castle is? It ain't my mom no, right now. No. I mean, yeah, yeah. So wow. it all revolves around what the bride wants, and we are nearly foot soldiers in her holiday world, right? And so that's <laughs> it. Done. So we just, when she says move, we say yes, ma'am. We yes. salute, and we get after it. Oh, done. You know what? If Mama's not happy, then it's going to be a very unhappy existence. Thanksgiving, indeed, that will not be the case in the Fitzsimmons. Dude, uh, it's crazy around here right now, man. I mean, everyone's walking on eggshells. We don't want to hack off Mom. No, I you, mean, you, you we cannot. salute and move in a very brisk fashion. You, you know your marching orders, and, and it's good That's that you're it. able to follow those marching orders. No doubt about that. My man Ian Fitzsimmons, part of Freddie and Fitzsimmons in the morning. Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. The ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. Speaking of Thanksgiving Day games, we got three of them today involving the NFL. You got Lions at Bears, Cowboys hosting the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and then you have the Bills at the Saints. I firmly believe, and I know the Saints have lost three in a row, and people wondering about that team. But this Bills team, if they lose this game tonight, Ian Fitzsimmons, a lot of people are going to start looking at them thinking you could not handle being in the hunted position as opposed to being the hunter, which they have been the last couple of years. In the running game, Freddie. True. Uh, number one uh, for for the Bills, and, and, and you're going down to New Orleans tonight, where everyone's going to eat early. That, that's you know, I'm 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 a 
proud boot boy from Louisiana, North Shore of New Orleans. That that venue, I mean, I'm telling you, the, the Superdome is going to be medieval because everyone's going to eat, mm-hmm. everyone's going to get good sauced up, mm-hmm. then they're going to go down near the dome, right, on Poydras and Canal and, 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 and Canal Street, and they're going to get after it. So, Buffalo, bring your A game, man, and you better bring yeah. a running game because the Saints defense, they got embarrassed. That's a number one rush defense in the league going into that game against Philadelphia last week. And you and I talked about this on Monday night. To give up 242 on the ground against Ooh. that defense, yeah. you know that those guys are going to have their next boat led by Demario Davis. Embarrassed. Now, I know out, no Alvin Kamara tonight uh, for New Orleans, but that defense is going to come hunting. Buffalo, bring your A game because that's going to you're walking into a place that is going to be absolutely cannibalistic. The word I use regarding this game is the word trust because as much as I want to trust Josh Allen, I can't ask him yeah. on the Buffalo Bills to do too much without that running game and that Saints defense. You're right; they're going to get after him. But Trevor Simeon, the trust factor can only go to a certain level, and without Alvin Kamara in that backfield, now you really have to trust that he can make throws down the field. I just wonder how much that Sean Payton. Want to design throws down the field, but not having the kind of quarterback that can get it down there. Uh, and it comes to Taysom Hill factor, you know, back right. from that concussion. So, will we see more of Taysom Hill tonight? Uh, I hope so I, for I, the I, Saints. I would think that you would. Yeah. So, that's a big game, man, because the Saints are trying to keep pace in the wild card. If I'm not mistaken, they hold the seventh spot right now, but they're 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 lock, in lockstep with a lot of other five and five teams. So, you know, it's and and the Bills look at the yeah. pre- You mentioned that. You don't believe that they've been able to handle the pressure of being the hunted. Well, I just think New England has been that good. Sure. You know, and, I get it. and New England has – you look at what they've done. And, Freddie, we've talked about this a lot. I mean, I was there week one for Mac Jones's first start uh, with Mark Kessler and Rob Ninkovich on the call on the, here on ESPN Radio. And Mac Jones, having covered him a ton at Alabama, you know, I, I did not expect him to be even, even that that just just – like a rock, man. I mean, he, he, no, he was emotionless, and he made throw after throw. And I know Damian Harris had that that very, you know, uncharacteristic fumble, you know, going into the red zone to, to try and win the game. And they had the game won if he doesn't fumble. But Mac Jones, just in that moment, even even Ninko said, "Man, this guy does not look like a rookie." That was week one. Now, fast forward here, he looks like a three year vet. And I think that he has the Patriots in a position to win that division and make a, a serious run in the playoffs. And the Bills, to your point, are, I don't know if they're feeling that pressure, but I know one thing, they need a running game. Josh yeah. Allen can't do it all by himself. They've got to have some run game. because nothing, look, There's two things that travel in the league, and you and I talked about this earlier this week, man. When you look at some of the teams that won this week on the road, two things were a common denominator. They were either like Cincinnati, able to run the football, with a buck thirty for Joe Mixon and mm-hmm. play defense, defense yeah. and running game travel in the league and in big boy college football. The Bills have to have both of those show up tonight against the Saints. And by the real quick, Ian Fitzsimmons from Freddie and Fitzsimmons with me, Freddie Coleman. I know it sounds confusing on Keyshawn J. Will and Max <laughs> on ESPN Radio. What are we doing any more coffee? Uh, yeah, exactly. No doubt. And Sirius X and Channel Eighty. I want to see the Cowboys run the football more because I thought they gave yeah. up too early on that running game. Sunday versus Kansas City. They're playing a Raiders defense that is 29th against the run in the National Football League. If you're not going to have Amari Cooper, but C.D. Lamb back in your lineup, if you're able to run the football, guess what happens? Then those chunk plays are going to happen. I was really surprised. Losing C.D. Lamb, not having Amari Cooper last week, Ian, 
that they got away from their running game that has been their bread and butter so far this year in the NFL. Heck, Freddie, you heard Troy Aikman almost begging for it on the broadcast. You know, why aren't you running the football? And it felt like Kellen Moore, the boy wonder offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, got a bit over his skis and, and almost forgot that, you know what, I've got not one but two dudes that can tote it. Or mm-hmm. just swing it to them in the flat. Quick hitters, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and get them the football in space. I'm with you. Uh, but this is one the Cowboys at home, you know, seven-point favorite, seven-and-a-half in some books against a Raiders team that, that Freddie, I, I just look at them emotionally, everything they've been through. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it is. Yeah. it looks like it started to take its toll on them. I like the Cowboys in this spot this afternoon on CBS. Yeah, we're going to move forward to college football right now because finally Cincinnati got their due. And Ian will tell you, for the longest time he has been telling me, there's still plenty of football to be played when the first <laughs> rankings tired of hearing come it. out. No, I'm not tired of hearing it because I understand where you're coming from. No, believe me, if I'm tired of hearing something, you and I have known each other for more than a minute. I'll let you know. You don't have to get. You don't have to hunt. You don't have to find. I'll just let you know to avoid that whole thing. But you're exactly right when it comes to Cincinnati. When you said well, attrition is going Calm to happen, down, folks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Cincinnati fans are losing their mind, and Cincinnati fans support losing their mind. But I also thought that because of what happened in Oregon, you called that when you said that Utah is going to take care of Oregon. That's exactly what happened on Saturday night. Now Cincinnati is in a position where they run the table. The committee can't keep them out, even though I still want to end how many excuses they would love to use to make sure that Cincinnati is not part of the football playoff. There's nothing they can do now, Freddie. Yep. Uh, I mean, you, when you just look at what's left on the calendar, and yeah, look, when the moment that that number came out, Utah minus three against Oregon, we talked about it on our show, which yeah. is on the flip side of this one. <laughs> in, in more ways than one. Right. <laughs> We're not waking people up. We're putting them to bed. <laughs> but the moment that thing came out, I, I told you, Utah is going to destroy Oregon. Just go ahead and fast forward. It's over. That game is done. And to you, you, you were like, man, Crystal Ball and the boys going to hear this. I'm, I, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Don't care. Right. It's, mm-hmm. It does not matter. Utah has won seven of their last eight. They are just playing remarkable, remarkable ball right now. That's a Kyle Whittingham-built team. And to Cincinnati, you know, I I said it when they came out at six. There's a ton of ball left to be played. There's so much attrition that's going to happen. This one doesn't matter. Just wait. Keep winning and wait, and you will see that you will have to be vaulted into the top four. And in Oregon – being crushed by Utah was that last piece. Yeah. And we talked to you, we talked to Kyle Winningham about it on Monday. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said, look, with this group that I've got right now, led by Devin Lloyd and Cameron Rising, their outstanding linebacker and quarterback, respectively, man, he doesn't have to even worry about a letdown, he said this week. You know, I don't have to go address the guys. You know, it's next one up, it's Colorado, then the Pac 12 championship. And the moment Utah beat Oregon, Cincinnati, you're in because look, if Michigan beats Ohio State, which you don't think is going to happen, no, no, um, no. I give him a puncher's chance, uh, and I, I might take the eight. By the way, I told you earlier this oh, week, really, I was going to wait until Saturday morning to place that wager. I'm, yeah. I'm leaning, leaning toward taking the eight, but I haven't done it yet. But look, if Michigan beats Ohio State, Ohio State's out. If Mi- if Ohio State beats Michigan, right, mm-hmm. then Cincinnati's not looking in their rearview mirror yep. at number five. True, they've beaten Notre Dame head to head. At Notre Dame. So, look, that, that's and then you have Oklahoma State on the horizon, right, with Bedlam coming up this weekend. If Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, I don't see them jumping all the way up ahead of Cincinnati. Even though, at blind resume, Oklahoma State is very comparable 
to Ohio State, the other OSU. But bottom line is, when it comes to Cincinnati, man, I do not see them moving out of the top four if they win. All they have to do is continue to win because on the horizon, they're going to get, because Houston has Connecticut this week, mm-hmm. they're going to get, by the committee standards, a top another top 25 win against the Houston Cougars if they handle their business in the, in the American Championship game. Therefore, Cincinnati, continue to win, and you're in the college football playoff. Bottom line. My man, Ian Fitzsimmons from Freddie. Ian Fitzsimmons joining me, Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. One thing that I discussed on Tuesday was it's no longer Cincinnati conversation anymore when it comes to top four, play, top four in the playoff unless they lose because they're not going to lose to East Carolina. I know anything can happen. They're not losing to them. They could possibly lose to Houston, but they have their side set to prove people wrong that they belong in the playoff. To me now, it becomes an Alabama conversation because I don't think they're going to lose yeah. to Auburn. They're a 19.5-point favorite. They're going to win that ball game. It won't be easy. Rivalry games never are, but I firmly believe they're going to win that one. They go into Georgia. If they lose that game, they can't justify having a two-loss Alabama team in the Final Four unless they lose by one point, and then that's an interesting conversation if that happens. Yeah, if, if it comes down to a field goal, I'm with you. Right, yeah. It, it doesn't matter where Ohio State, Alabama are. If that stays formed, they're going to play each other in the semifinals anyway, and Cincinnati's going to play Georgia. The only way they're going to put Georgia out would be if Alabama won 100 to nothing over Georgia in the SEC championship game, and that's not happening. I still don't think they're out. Or you don't think they're it, No. Even if they get blown by Alabama. That's what I'm saying. The only, even if they lost 100 to nothing, that would have to be the only way that Georgia be vaulted out of that. So if Alabama beats them, now you got two teams in the SEC, then you got an Ohio State, then you got a Cincinnati. It's going to be interesting when the committee will have to make that kind of decision. Where do they place, for example, Georgia? They're moving down from number one to number two, one to three. That's what happens. That's why I think Alabama's become the conversation, depending on what they do, not just Saturday versus Auburn, but how they handle things in the SEC title game versus Georgia. And you know the amazing thing about Alabama? When you really turn on the tape with those guys, I had them against Tennessee earlier this year. That offensive line is not nearly as dominant as what we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. Bryce Young has done a remarkable job of you know, being nimble in the pocket and also when he has to, getting out and scrambling and throwing on the run. Uh, he, he's done an outstanding job. But uh, that, that O-line is not anywhere near what we've seen in years past with, with Alabama. And, and the defensive front, uh, same thing. So like, look at go back and look at Arkansas last week, man. I mean, that, Arkansas that, is good, by the way. Yeah, Sam Pittman has done an um, that may be the best coaching job in two years, you know, in, in, the, in the entire country for a first year head coach to do what he's done at at Arkansas is, is remarkable. But Alabama, years past, would have trucked that team. Sure. They 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 look they tr- they struggled against Florida. They had a fist fight against Arkansas. I mean, they have not Tennessee. The game I had them with that's a one score game going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Then they boat race from 28 nothing in the fourth, but that was depth, man. So bottom line is, even coming into the Iron Bowl this week, down on the Plains, you and I have seen this before, man. Crazy things happen down there in Auburn. Gus Malzahn went toe-to-toe, and, and, and when the record was right there, when it had head-to-head with Nick Saban, I think he was 4-3, and three, right. or 3-4, and four, one or the other. I can't remember exactly, but he, it wasn't like Nick Saban was 7-1 and one against the guy. Crazy things happen down on the Plains, even without Bo Nick. So when it comes to this season in college football, Freddie, bottom line, uh-huh. I don't put anything out of the realm of possibility because we have seen from week one to last week, crazy stuff happens. And as Bill Polian once said, in the NFL and in college football, especially during the holiday season. 
Real quick, I got South Carolina. I got Clemson upset alert. 11 and a half point favorite South Carolina. I got them upset alert. Who's your upset alert? Shane Beamer. How about our man Shane Beamer? Six and five, by the way. And he doesn't have talent yet. No. Heck no. He's got nothing. Mm -hmm. He's got a a GA starting at quarterback. Exactly. I mean, Shane Beamer has done an outstanding job at South Kakalaki. And, man, if you're on the cabooses there outside that stadium, man, have a shot for me because let me tell you, (laughs) he is – you better open up the the, – put it this way. Virginia Tech's making that phone call. And you might – even after one year, you might have to pay that man some more money. So uh, it's remarkable. But Clemson's starting to look like Clemson again. Yeah, and I finally. fully expect Dabo Sweeney to finally start hitting the transfer portal. It's like Coach K with one and duns. Didn't want to do it. Yeah. Got boat raced. Guess what? And he started doing one and duns. I mean, Dabo just did not want to do the. There's not one transfer portal player on Clemson's roster. Not one. Wow. He's going to, I, I promise you, he's going to have to adapt like Coach K did. And and hit the portal, but those guys are starting to play like Clemson again. So that's one to keep an eye on, Freddie. I'm with you, man. But that number's a little big. I don't know if I'm going to play it, but I love what Shane Beamer's done in South Carolina. Rivalry week, man, and the Egg Bowl tonight, dude. Yeah, number nine, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, seven thirty. Come on, ESP. I'm surprised you'll be able to be alive at the cooking all day and, and getting people throwing stuff at you. I'm, I'm going to be in a food coma, man. You don't know, I don't partake anymore, but right. I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to be in a coma, and it's not going to be a drinking one. It's going to be food. <laughs> I mean, but, but that means you won't be awake by seven thirty anyway. Then <laughs> <laughs> these two coaches like each other. That's the only bad part, man. Yeah, Lane the, Kiffin yeah. and the Pirate. Yeah. Actually, the Lane. Train of the Pirate, get along. I wish they hated one another because it'd be that much better, but I can't wait for the Egg Bowl tonight. Don't worry. That's going to change after tonight. Mark my words. <laughs> that hatred will start, man. I hope so. I'll talk to you Monday, brother. Have a good Thanksgiving, Ian. Hey, man. Gobble, gobble, folks. Get hey, after man. it. Three-point stance. Fire off an attack. Oh, Let's hit it. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> my favorite meal of the year, baby. Let's go get filthy fat. Let's get it. Well, it is the number one, it is the beginning of fat season, so there's no doubt about that from that standpoint. We're going to find who's going to get fat and can't move or is going to lean up and try to avoid the food as much as possible. My man Ian Fitzsimmons joins me each and every night at Freddie Fitzsimmons, 9 p. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Radio, part of Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Thanks to Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299 without a contract. All in America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G cable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Real quick, one more last thing when it comes to college football and the playoff. And a lot of people looking at Notre Dame rising up the ranks, even though their only loss of the year has been to Cincinnati. They may not look like vintage Notre Dame, but a lot of people say keep an eye on them at number six. They play Stanford at 8 o'clock Eastern time on Saturday. Keyshawn Johnson, a USC man, he does not want USC's rival Notre Dame part of his college football playoff. I don't want to see no damn Notre Dame. I don't want to see that. I know what that's going to be. And yes, I went to USC. And yes, I don't like Notre Dame. But if I went to no college, I don't want to see the damn Irish, period. They do nothing for me. Nothing at all. Got a national following, though, Key. They really do. They do do nothing. They're not a good football team. I don't want to see that again, another blowout. Why would you want that on your screen? That's just jealousy. (laughs) Because USC is nowhere near the rankings. You got your rival. UCLA right now is better than USC. USC's looking for a new head coach. Your other rival, Notre Dame, is a lot closer to the playoff. The only way USC players are going to go to the playoff, they have a ticket from that standpoint. So I get the jealousy part when it comes to Keyshawn Johnson. I mean, 
you look at the two times Notre Dame's been in the college football playoff. Clemson. Destroy- yeah, exactly. Clemson destroyed them. Well done, Allen Yates. And also Alabama destroyed them. I, I would never attach that to a Notre Dame team this year. But I understand where he's coming from. But the committee doesn't think the same way he does. Because the committee is like, look, if Notre Dame belongs, we're going to put them in. How they handle it, it's up to this year's Notre Dame team. But I wouldn't want anybody using something from the past because of something that could potentially happen this year if a team like Notre Dame is able to find their way in when there could be a lot of attrition that could happen ahead of them. Real, real quick, Freddie, who, sure. would you, who would you rather see in, Notre Dame or Cincinnati? Cincinnati because they deserve to be in. Cincinnati's beaten them this year. I think they're a better football team than Notre Dame. Desmond Ritter's better than any quarterback Notre Dame's put out there. Cincinnati's defense is underrated. They got playmakers all over the place. Now, Kyron Williams, the running back of Notre Dame, is no joke. He, he's on my first team All-American ballot. I think he's that good as a running back, along with the kid Walker from Michigan State. Those are my two running backs on my ballot for the All-American ballot. But Cincinnati, especially now, I think they got sick and tired of people saying, you can barely beat Tulsa. You only barely beat Navy. What's wrong with you guys? They went out there on senior day in front of friends and family and destroyed a really good SMU team. If they can do that to Houston after they beat East Carolina tomorrow, then they deserve to be in a playoff. I'd rather see a team, not saying Notre Dame doesn't deserve to be there, Pat. I'd rather see a team that has earned their way there and has overcome all the naysayers and adversity and proven themselves to be in the top four. I'd much rather see Cincinnati over Notre Dame. Ratings, brand, all that stuff. Be damned. Keep weighing in on Twitter. Hit us anytime with the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at Coleman ESPN and at ESPN Radio. So the Dallas Cowboys lost a tough one to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. Five days later, can they call it a bounce back against another AFC West team? That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And this is ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So we got three games on Thanksgiving Day. Detroit Lions hosting the Chicago Bears. That kicks it off at the end. The Buffalo Bills at the New Orleans Saints. But in the middle, the Dallas Cowboys trying to rebound from a loss to the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. Take on the Las Vegas Raiders who lost three in a row. Let's bring my man Todd Archer. Does a great job as an ESPN Cowboys reporter. He joins me, Freddie Coleman, and Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Thanks to the Goodyear Hotline. Todd, the one thing that really stuck out to me last week in the Cowboys lost to the Kansas City Chiefs was not that CeeDee Lamb got injured or that Amari Cooper was out because of COVID-19 protocols was that they gave up on the running game. Why would they do that when that's been their bread and butter all year long? Yeah, it, I agree with you because it was a one-score game, right? A, a good portion. Of it. As Mike McCarthy said after, right, 
they didn't feel like they were ever out of it, yet they kind of ran themselves out of it. Now, I will say 31 of their yards came on one play, so that's why the average looks pretty good. It was a Tony Pollard Wildcat look. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. They got away from the run, and I don't think their run scheme that day against that defense really was very good. Uh, they, it was just basically up the middle, try and move guys, and they just couldn't. Um, today, though, against the Raiders, you heard Zeke talk to us this week, and he said, look, we're at our best, and we run it well. We're going to get that focal point back and, and go this week. So if you're the Raiders, you just allowed 159 yards to the Bengals, 120-something to, to mix in. I would expect to see a, a steady dose of, of Zeke today. And the Cowboys benefit from the fact that their Pro Bowl left tackle, Tyron Smith, he's back in the lineup after missing the last three games. One of the things about that Cowboys offensive line is that they've been able to move move players around and make that work. I thought a big thing was Connor Williams not being in the lineup last week. And I hate to say it, Todd Arch, as a Cowboys fan, he's usually good for at least two holding penalties a game. What's the likelihood that we don't see him in that lineup for the, starting, for the foreseeable future when it comes to Cowboys offensive line? Yeah, I hate to inform you, Freddie, that Connor McGovern will be starting at left guard again uh, this week and not Connor Williams. I, I just think the 13 penalties that he's had, league I don't know if it's still leading the league, but at the time was leading the league, it was just too much for the coaches, and the, Cow- and the Cowboys felt that McGovern was playing well in the role that he was in. They're not going to judge him off of just one game. He wasn't the only poor offensive lineman that day. They were all bad, and, and you can ask him, and they're all bad. And it's not often you see Zach Martin give up a sack give up a sack. Here's the best guard in football, and he was a guy that was beat by Chris Jones. So I think they're, they're viewing I, – I hate to say it like they're viewing it as a one-off because I probably said that after they lost to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a two-off uh, in, in the last four games. Um, but I think they're viewing that offensive line showing as if something that was abnormal, not something that's a, a sign of things to come. But Carter McGovern will remain your left guard here today. Great stuff by Todd Archer, ESPN Cowboys reporter for NFL Nation. Joining me, Freddie Coleman and Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. On the other side, how would you describe Cowboys rookie Micah Parsons? Man, unbelievable. (laughs) Um, You know, it's funny. I asked him after the game in Kansas City, I go, what were you doing last November? He's like, I was playing Xbox and training. (laughs) Like, this guy wasn't even playing football last year, Freddie. He opted out of his last year at Penn State. And here he is, he's He's got the eight sacks, one more, and he'll tie the team record uh, set before sacks or even an official NFL stat uh, by Harvey Martin and Willie Towns. Um, you know, he, he's he, – it's just a pretty staggering statistic when you look at everything that he's done, all the different spots that he's lined up. Usually you don't ask a rookie to do this much stuff, but the Cowboys are. I, think, I wonder if today that they keep him as a pass rusher and keep him at defensive end like they did – against the Chiefs where I think he only had one linebacker snap in the whole game. Um, he's been he's been phenomenal, and he's been to this defense what Zeke and Dak were to the offense in 2016. That's I mean, he, he has given that unit and really the team kind of a, a jolt and a spark. Uh, when, Fred, we probably talked before the season. I don't think our expectations for this defense were very high. Especially when people worried about Dan Quinn, the new defensive coordinator, after what he was able to put in place in Seattle, then the Atlanta Falcons, when he became the head coach after being the D.C. for the Seattle Seahawks, they wanted it was just going to be that kind of simple defense, two safeties high, not a lot of blitzing. But he has shown a great ability to dial up game plans and be very, very versatile. What has it been like seeing this kind of different Dan Quinn defense that people thought they were not going to see from the Cowboys? Yeah, he remade himself. You know, he used that time off. He told us 
he had an after action after he was fired in Atlanta where he talked to coaches and assistants and personnel people across the league to say, hey, how can I get better and, and what did you think? And he's remade himself. You're right. This isn't the, the cover three defense that you saw in Seattle with the Legion of Boom or what he ran in Atlanta. This is really a, a mix and match look of really what Mike McCarthy wanted to do last year when he had Mike Nolan as coordinator, and it just never really took uh, for, for whatever reason. Maybe there was because there was no offseason, maybe because they're putting players in, in bad positions, and honestly, maybe because they didn't have a guy like Micah Parsons. But, yeah. you know, Dan Quinn deserves a lot of credit for re- remaking himself. A lot of coaches would just stick to, hey, this is what I know, this is what got me here, this is, this is what I do. And, and he, he put his ego aside and said, no, I'm going to move forward and, and think differently and, and look at different things. And he's implemented it, and the Cowboys have responded really better than I think anybody could have thought entering the season because even if you're added six draft picks on defense, besides Micah, there wasn't like, a, oh, man, that guy's going to set the world on, on fire here as a rookie. They didn't make big creates and signings. Dan Quinn deserves a lot of credit for what this Cowboys defense has done. Hey, Todd, my friend, always appreciate you. Have a great Thanksgiving. I'm sure you're going to be watching the game today and at the game with the Cowboys taking on the Raiders. You take care and be well, brother. You too. Happy Thanksgiving, Freddie. You too, my friend. Todd Archer, ESPN Cowboys reporter. Joining me, Freddie Coleman, Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Series X and Channel 80. Thanks to Progressive Insurance. And if the Cowboys win this game against the Raiders today, this can set them up on a serious run because the teams they have in front of them after the Raiders and before they get to the Cardinals, they should be able to take care of. At New Orleans, Tina could lose tonight on a four-game losing streak. At Washington, that football team, okay, they got Taylor Heineke, but they're four and six. At the New York Giants, you don't know what the Giants are going to look like by the time December 19th rolls around, by the way, my birthday. And then Washington after that, before they take on the Arizona Cardinals at home the day after New Year's. If they beat the Raiders tonight, this could start a potential five-game winning streak where they put a lot of distance, not only between them and the Philadelphia Eagles, who are right now not that far behind the Dallas Cowboys, only a game and a half, but maybe even thinking even more about a potential number one seed at 7-3 and three, and only a game, two games behind the Arizona Cardinals. It's going to be very interesting going forward. They beat the Raiders tonight. And honestly, the Raiders right now a broken team. They'll come out and fight. They'll come out and battle about how much fight they're going to have in them on a short week with a three-game losing streak. Cowboys take care of their business. It could really set them up on some kind of serious run when you got the Saints, Washington, Giants, and Washington before they face the Cardinals and the Eagles to end the regular season. And that's part of a three-game slate in the National Football League. And we're going to do more what-ifs around today's games, part of the NFL slate. That's next to me, Freddie Coleman, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80 presented by Progressive Insurance. A couple of people weighed in at the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at Coleman ESPN at ESPN Radio about Notre Dame not being in the playoff. Keyshawn Johnson says he does not want to see that team in the playoff because they got completely trampled the last couple of times. And Chip Block says the Notre Dame playoff loss story is a bit of a myth. Last year's Notre Dame-Alabama was the fifth closest semifinal ever. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma all have worse losses. Indy's losses are not in the top six of playoff losses. Uh, Chip, you're kind of playing with words here. If it's the fifth closest semifinal game ever, your team still lost, number one. Number two, your team got a late touchdown. It would have been 31-7. to So technically, we want to play with words that way, my brother. 31-7, to 31-14, you still got blown out. And you got a late touchdown late against the second strings of Alabama. So I don't know about the whole playoff loss story is a bit of a myth. They have lost by more than double digits when they played against Clemson and they played against Alabama. Now, I will say this. If they deserve to be in a playoff, you shouldn't use past events and past losses against Notre Dame to keep them out. I'm not buying that from that standpoint. And Keyshawn, probably a little upset, a little jealous that his Notre Dame that Notre Dame team is better than his USC team. Fight on Tommy Trojan. Fight on not so much. They're going to get a new head coach. The only way they're going to see a playoff game is out on TV or in person with a ticket. So I get his displeasure with Notre Dame potentially being a college ball playoff. I wouldn't use the past events to keep them out of playoffs this year. But it's not a myth about that playoff loss story. They have lost by double digits to Clemson, Alabama. They were not even in those games and they got a late touchdown against Alabama, or that score would have been 31-7, to and nobody's having that conversation about a playoff loss story with Notre Dame being a myth. But then we got three NFL games today, part of your Thanksgiving. You're cooking out there. For, like I said, for example, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. For the turkeys that made it, congratulations. For the ones that did it, i see you at my dinner table later on today, along with other places around the country. But we're going to do a little what if. I got my boy Alan Yates on the ones and twos. I know Alan Yates. Don't give me NFL music. Give me something funky. Give me something that's going to say, yeah, that, that's the groove. Yeah, that's the – oh, now yeah, there it is right there. Right there. Silk Sonic, where you at? Give me some Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. That's what I'm talking about. No doubt about that. We're going to do a little what if involving the NFL games today. You got the Bears at the Lions, Thanksgiving tradition, Lions play first. Then you got the Raiders at the Cowboys, Thanksgiving tradition, Cowboys play second. And then you've added a third game, and tonight it's Bills versus Saints. That's gone on for more than a minute. We'll start the first game. What if the Bears lose today? The Lions are old 9 and 1. They'll fight you. They'll fight you. But they haven't been able to win. But what if the Bears lose today to a winless Detroit Lions team? Can you imagine what that's going to look and sound like? And that'll be the final the, the, the nail when it comes to Matt Nagy's coaching career. He's not getting canned on Black Friday. That's not happening. And he's not going to keep his job anyway. But at the same time, you lose like that, that'll be like the perfect ugly cherry on the top of a bad cake known as Bears 2021 if they don't beat a winless Detroit Lions team. 
that conversation will be very interesting in Chicago over the weekend. Pat Costello raised this up. What if we stop having the Lions play today? And he put the three words after it, God, it's terrible. What's wrong with Detroit playing opening day, Pat? I don't understand why we have to continue to have the Lions play on Thanksgiving Day. They stink. We have to watch every year a team that stinks play on Thanksgiving. Why, I, I, why do we keep doing this? Because Just they play, put a new team. Pick any team. Be, the Steelers. Pick any they, team. Because they played the first Thanksgiving Day game and people believe in right. traditions on, 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 on Thanksgiving. That, that's the only answer. I have for it. Now, if I had my new way. Tra- uh, new tradition. Right. If I had my way, I think they should rotate the games. I think they should rotate different teams on Thanksgiving Day, to be honest with you. When you want to see like a Thanksgiving Day game in New York, have like, I mean, I know the Giants and Jets are bad, but you have the parade in the morning, Macy's Day parade that's going on right now, then have the Giants and Jets play at a 12 o'clock game or 4 o'clock game. I've always believed for the longest time they can rotate games around Thanksgiving Day and give teams a chance to play different teams. When you want to see like, for example, a Kansas City Chiefs Raiders game, on a Thanksgiving day or like kick off a Thanksgiving day game where you have the green Bay Packers at Lambeau field hosting, maybe the, the, the new England Patriots. I've always been a firm believer. You should rotate teams around a Thanksgiving day and give everybody a chance to have that national spotlight. I, so I'm with you when it comes to the Lions playing every day. Until they do Lions versus Jaguars in London next year. Don't something. do that. See, that's why we can't have nice Thanksgiving. When you put stuff out there, all you need is somebody in the NFL office office to go, I'm going to do that. Because of Pat Costello. That's why we can't have nice turkey on Thanksgiving. You put those kind of thoughts out there. What if Andy Dalton plays well for the Chicago Bears? I mean, right now they said that Justin Fields, a quarterback, is dealing with fractured ribs, plural. Not rib, ribs. So, Andy Dalton, you play well. And let's say the Bears win. Then you keep playing well while Justin Fields is out. You could play yourself into another backup position or a stopgap position, depending on what NFL team is going to take their chances with you. So we'll see with Andy Dalton. And we'll see a lot of what-ifs in that game between the Bears and the Lions. The second game, Dallas Cowboys hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders have lost three in a row. Cowboys coming off a tough loss to the Kansas City Chiefs 19-9 on Sunday. What if CeeDee Lamb plays? If he does play, that's another one for Dad Prescott, but that doesn't mean you get away from the running game. You make CeeDee Lamb much more effective if you run the football against a Raiders team that is 29th against the run in the National Football League, I don't know what bad is, but that's pretty bad in the NFL. If you run the football behind that offensive line, guess what happens? One-on-one coverage on the outside. And CeeDee Lamb has shown he can beat some one-on-one coverage. So if he plays, and I believe he's going to, rebounded from the concussion that happened on Sunday, that means they get a chance to get one-on-one coverage by running the football. But what if the Raiders beat the Cowboys? Then things get interesting on Sunday in the National Football League. Because the Philadelphia Eagles, they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Eagles fans out there saying, man, we love Nick Sirianni now. We didn't love him before, but we love him now. And they play at the New York Giants. And that could be a potential win for the Eagles. All of a sudden, they're 6-6. Six and six. The Cowboys are 7-4. and four. Things get a little tighter. The Cowboys don't beat the Raiders. So keep an eye on that. Cowboys get beaten by the Las Vegas Raiders. It's not just the Raiders ending a three-game losing streak. It's all about the Cowboys and that race getting a little tighter when nobody saw that coming in the NFC least. That could be the NFC East when it's all said and done. A little what if when it comes to NFL football on Thanksgiving Day on Keyshawn, Jabel, and Max and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. The last game of the night by the Allen Yates, Luther Vadros. Well done by you. What are the Buffalo Bills? I think Jonathan Taylor just scored again for the Colts against the Bills defense. What if the Buffalo Bills lose another one, and this time to the New Orleans Saints? 
it's bad enough for Buffalo Bills fans that their team is no longer in first place in the AFC East. They're half game behind the New England Patriots who won five in a row. The Buffalo Bills team that can't run the football or make, make sure they don't want to run the football and they put their defense on the field a lot and put too much pressure on Josh Allen. They're going on the road to play the Saints, and the Saints have nothing to lose. They've lost three in a row. They're fading fast in the NFC South. They don't have anything that they have to worry about not being on the line. They can just go out there and just throw the ball over the place. They can blitz everybody. They can do it like a water boy game plan from the movie where all they want. But if you lose to the Saints-Buffalo Bills, then you give the, everybody the belief that you could not handle the pressure of being the hunted instead of being the hunter. And then it's not going to get any easier. You got the Patriots, Buccaneers, Panthers and Patriots in your next four games. That's how critical this game is to a team in Buffalo that has lost three out of their last five. You lose to the Saints, and you could really be in that kind of mode. People are not going to wonder if you can win the division, the AFC East. They're going to wonder if you can get in the playoffs because, like I mentioned, Patriots are home at Tampa Bay, Panthers with the number two defense in the NFL, and at the New England Patriots. It does not get any easier for the Buffalo Bills. And then Pat Costello raised this one up. What if the Bills aren't who we thought they were? Exactly. Tried to put a crown on them. They don't have a crown. Right now, the Buffalo, that's right. Right now, the Buffalo Bills are king without a crown. They won a division last year, but this year they probably maybe figured, especially after they beat Kansas City 38 to 20. And a lot of people anointed them. Yep, that's going to be the best team in the AFC. When they took care of Kansas City on that day in Kansas City, it felt like it was supposed to be a coronation. Ever since then, they lost to the Titans, beat the Dolphins as they should, lost to the Jaguars, don't ask me how that happened, beat the Jets as they should, and then they lost to the Indianapolis Colts where they got run over. If they lose tonight, if they're not able to win this game, all of a sudden the Bills are who maybe we thought they weren't. Kings, exactly, Kings without a crown. And now get the Patriots, who used to rule that division, in a better spot to do that when nobody saw that coming five weeks ago. So those are your three games. Don't forget there's a college football game as well, number nine Ole Miss, taking on Mississippi State, 730 Eastern time. That game happens on ESPN television. It's going to be a fun day of football. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the family. Be safe. And as a matter of fact, I'll be back tomorrow with Keyshawn Johnson and Chris Canty, part of Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Greeny with Mike Greenberg is up next. Amber Wilson, Courtney Cronin, in for Mike Greenberg. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on the mighty ESPN Radio. Take care, God bless, and gobble, gobble. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.